This is Raising a Sane and Successful Teen, an Innovative Guide to Becoming an Awesome Parent, read by the author, Marianne Majori. Chapter 13, Spirituality, Creativity, and Idealism. The teen mind is a growing mind. Science tells us that at few other times in our lives will our brain expand so much and so fast. Hormones surge, the body grows, sexuality comes into a new stage, ready for procreation, and ideas come as rapidly as rain falling from a spreading sky. Here is a time of great creativity. Here, too, is a time of wonder. Your teen sees things, knows things, and senses things in a great new way. They are full of vigor and promise, and then they bump up against the terrible realities of the world. When my daughter was three, we were driving through the streets of downtown Philadelphia on a sunny, snowy Sunday morning in February. The day was bright, yet the freezing cold air was sharp as a knife bite. As we drove, we saw homeless people struggling against the bitter wind, walking to a doorway for cover. Oh, what are those people doing? She called out from the back seat. They are homeless. They have nowhere to live, and they are trying to get out of the cold, Gina's father said. Oh, she said, and her little face frowned as she sad, sadly stared out the window at the poor. A few minutes later, we passed a construction site with scaffolding pressed against structures waiting for Monday and a new day of work. What is that? Gina called out, pointing at the new walls around hollow, unfinished shells. Those are new houses, Gina's dad replied. They are not finished yet. Oh, good, said Gina with a happy sigh. Soon those poor people will have some place to live. The baby Gina grew up into the young woman Gina, who knew those houses were never going to go to the poor, and it made her very angry. It aroused her to serious and concerted action. She stirred many consciences. She fought many battles and is fighting them to this day. At the age of 16, she began to work to end poverty through action and through art. We never told the baby Gina that she was wrong about the houses going up in Philadelphia. She learned in her own time. And we never told her when she was a teenager that she was fighting a useless fight because as far as we were concerned, her youthful, youthful struggle to save the world was a useful call to us to redouble our lost efforts to do right in a troubled society. And this is what the growing mind, the growing body, and the growing spirit do. They gear up the person to reach new stages and expand their capabilities and insights into many new ways, physical, intellectual, social, emotional, psychological, and spiritual. It is one of the greatest gifts, if not the greatest gift, that young people have to give to our society. Their purity of mind and heart is not to be trifled with. It is a gift from beyond us. We should treasure it and pay attention. So do not be surprised if your young person sees a wrong and sets out to right it. Stand back, please, while they are making their placards and striding off to the state capitol or to Washington. Instead, lend an ear and learn about something new, some cause worthy of your attention as well as theirs, because it is only in supporting the calls of youth, urging us to step away from our worries over mortgages and car payments and taxes, that we can all change the world for the better. It is the only sure way we know. Only by using the energy and idealism of youth can we make our old world new again. It is the job of youth to recall us to service for good, and it is our job to follow them. At the same time, the sister elements of this growing psyche are creativity and spirituality, and you may find your young person leaving drawings of formulas or ellipses or calculations on the floor around their bed. 
They may be designing new clothes or sewing new things or drawing and painting constantly. They may be listening to a lot of music or joining a band. They may become immersed in the drama club or dance classes. They may take things apart and forget to put them back together again. They may leave their precious objects strewn everywhere about the rooms. Don't touch. Unless it looks like it will catch the room on fire, leave well enough alone. Imagine there is a sign constantly on their door saying, Go away. I am magical, and I am making the world new. Just the same, the rise of spirituality stemming from the same growing psyche may make your eyes widen. Parents whose little children love familiar religious instruction and said their prayers before bed find their teens suddenly deeply reading in foreign forms of worship. They may quote Zoroaster, the Dalai Lama, the tales of the great goddesses of the distant past. This is normal. Parents who have professed no faith for years may find their young person eager to go to church or temple, curious to look deep into a world they may have set aside. This too is normal and a wake-up call for you. Where is your idealism? Where is your creativity? Where is your spiritual life? Carl Jung once said, in adulthood we seek the spiritual life of our youth. Are you perhaps longing for a distant time and place where you prayed every day, where you had a dear and tender or strong and vital faith? Can you not go back to one of those precious places that once watered your soul and drink again? In dealing with our young person, be very careful with this. One of your child's most important growing spurts. Give space with, of course, a careful eye that notices signs of alienation or drug use. Participation and help are the greatest safeguards. If political activism is the growing desire, enter into the foray. Do go with your young person to marches or meetings that matter to them. Offer to drive them to these events. Introduce them to people you know who are making a difference in the world and who have different and act, uh, forms of activism and can help their youth uh, ardor into an adult career and practice. Do find imaginative outlets for creative energies. Pay for the extra dance, dance class or music or art experiences they need. Point them in the direction of inexpensive events that they even can afford. Gallery openings are often eye-opening, and they are certainly inexpensive. Turn your young person onto special student rates at museums and performances. Youth is full of first tries, so expect that many of these endeavors may not pan out. Instead of spending money on buying fancy supplies, outfits, tools, or instruments, rent them, scour the thrift shops, or check for used bargains online. If the interest takes off, support it. Start small and watch and see if your kid really is suited to this or that interest. Don't be petulant if your young person takes only one year of judo and then switches to mountain biking. By spending modest amounts here and there, you will eventually find things that fit and that make your young person feel settled into something important. Then invest in that interest and help them to do their share too, so that they can make this interest into a passion, and from a passion perhaps into a life. As for spirituality, your practice is the best exemplar. Ask your teen how they feel about integrating into your practice and you integrating into theirs. Can you meet somewhere on a plane where each of you respects and shares the other's spiritual endeavors? One usher in my church has two teenage boys. They never come to church except on the Sundays he ushers. On those Sundays, he persuades the boy to be there to, by asking them to help. It isn't often, a few times a year, but the boys feel included, and it may bring them back more and more in later years. Who knows? In our family, we had a marriage of many faiths, so it was both necessity and desire that caused us to create our own rituals at home. 
Grace at the table is key in our days when we are together. We use one that came a long time ago from Gina's nursery school. We hold hands and say solemnly, it is nice to sit down and have dinner with your family. Amen. Even our littlest new members now clamor for grace before each family meal. We often light a candle in the morning to greet the day. We mark special events like birthdays, the school year's end, as well as holidays with readings from a favorite poem or a passage from a beloved book. Sometimes we sing. We have found that even row, row, row your boat can be sacred music if we approach it that way. Sometimes we sit quietly and breathe before we begin a task or chore, the washing of dishes, the greeting of guests for a party, the leaving on a long trip, all can be sacred occasions. All can become places where we teach our beloved children how much we love our family and love them in it. We began noticing and celebrating all of these precious moments because we were a family and because our children insisted on it. Let's do something special, they would say. Today they both are idealists, artists, knowledgeable and spiritual person, and I have discovered that I am too. The end. Thank you for listening. If you have a struggling millennial, feel free to reach out. You can reach us at launch.5for5.org or call me, Marianne Majori, at 415-577-6627. That's 415-577-6627. We would love to hear from you. Take care until then.